You are listening to an Alberta Health Services podcast. Today, our guest is Alberta Health Minister Tyler Shandro, and he is being interviewed by Colleen Turner, Vice President of Community Engagement and Communications with Alberta Health Services. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we are going to jump right into some questions with you. Oh, thanks. Um, so you know what? Let's just start off with, tell us a little bit about your childhood. You were born in Edmonton in 1976. Yeah. And what was it like? Yeah, so we moved to Calgary when I was pretty young. I think it was about two or three. Uh, I have a sister and, and two brothers. And uh, my, my dad was actually a physician. He did uh, ear, nose, and throat. And um, so raised in, in Calgary. Whereabouts in Calgary? I grew up in Bonavista, um, so went to um, uh, went to, to high school in in my riding in Calgary, Katy. I went to Beaverbrook, um, and uh, pretty proud of that. It was a pretty big school um, for an introverted kid like me. It was uh, nice to be able to to hide among the two thousand students there at Beaverbrook. So you say introverted? What? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I'd like to to joke that I'm just a functioning introvert. Uh, which is, is is tough, I think, if you're going to be a politician, you, you got to have to learn to be a little bit more extroverted. You mentioned a little bit about your parents um, and your and your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like growing up with them? So your dad would have been a busy physician. Um, did your mom work as well? And just tell us a little bit more about what it was actually like growing up. My mom uh, worked for Ward Air. Um, she uh, was a flight attendant um, for Ward Air until, uh, until I was born. And so she... Uh, she raised the the four of us. My my dad was uh, was pretty busy. Um, he still made uh, time for for all four of us. I remember him making most of my my hockey practices and hockey games, and actually even coached uh, hockey um, when I and my my brothers were were um, were playing hockey as young kids. And did you get to go on lots of trips because of your mom's Ward Air connections? No, I mean, when she retired um, from Ward Air when I was born, um, we, I mean, we actually would, most of our trips, maybe just because there were four kids, it probably was pretty expensive to fly. So most of our trips um, were car trips. Um, we had a big, gigantic Econoline van and that all, all six of us could fit in. And my dad liked to joke that, um, you know, so that uh, when we go on a family trip, he liked to trap us in a van so that he could bond with us and spend more time with us um, until we became teenagers, I suppose. And then he was done with you. <laughs> <laughs> How did you end up choosing your career path? How did that come about? The U of C is, um, is, has a really good um, analytic school for philosophy. And um, I, I think it did. It gave me a good foundation. And, and going into to law um, and uh, I, I think I just uh, knew at some point in high school that I just wanted to be a, an advocate I suppose. Were, were politics a big thing in your household? Did you used to talk politics? Was it something that you were interested in as a kid? Well my, my parents always had lots of, of opinions and um, they would um, you know we would always kind of discuss the new newspaper um, my dad and I would uh, also, he, he kind of sometimes give me homework, actually. And he, did you read this clipping and kind of talk about it afterwards with me? At some point, a, a neighbor actually uh, got involved in politics. And so I got involved um, in uh, one of his campaigns and helped uh, him get elected. Um, and I started realizing that voting was only one of our democratic rights and maybe not even the most significant for us. And I realized how much more... Um, uh, you can influence your community and uh, if you do more. What was it then that made you decide to put your name on the ballot? 
What pushed you over? Uh, Premier, I suppose. Um, so I, I got to know him um, over the last few years and um, helping him with his uh, unity agenda. Um, I was one of the folks who um, negotiated on his behalf uh, the um, unity agreement um, on behalf of the, the PC side. And um, so I guess just seeing his, his vision and uh, wanting to be part of the, the solution, uh, my wife and I talked it over and um, uh, I actually think that she would be a better politician than me. I was trying to convince her to run, actually. <laughs> and, um, uh, but uh, we, we just decided we want to be a part of this team. Tell us a bit about how you met your wife. Where did that come about? Was that in university or how did you two meet? No, we met in driver's ed. Uh, we met when, uh, when, I was, when we were both 15. Uh, taking driver's ed to get ready for our driver's licenses and uh, I, I like to point out to people it took me 16 years to get a date out of her though so it, it wasn't until we were in our 30s I finally convinced her to, to go on a date with me who's a better driver <laughs> uh, in case she ever listens to this podcast I'm gonna say her <laughs> smart man <laughs> can you just tell us a little bit about her so she um, hmm. does she work as well she does work as well I believe and yeah, she has a small business, um, uh, she and her sister, and she, she helps um, uh, companies uh, with their um, employee benefits. And uh, so it's, it's, it's fantastic seeing her and her sister build this, um, this business together. And um, she's really passionate about helping her clients and, and the employees at, at, um, at those companies. So tell us a little bit about um, you as a dad. So what kind of dad do you think you are? Well, I hope I'm a good one. I mean, I, I, I'd like to think I'm hands-on too, other than when I'm away uh, for this job. Um, yeah, I love spending time with my kids. I, um, I, I learned from my, my uncle at one point told me when, when he's raising his kids, you know, spend as much time as you can with them until they, 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 don't want to, <laughs> they don't think you're cool enough to want to spend time with you. So I'm still, they're still young enough to think that I'm cool, so I'm trying to spend as much time as I can with them. You've got two boys. Two boys, 9-11. Sorry. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's Archer and there's Phineas, so Finn and Archie. And they both play hockey. They do actually. The oldest is uh, now um, he he wanted to try fencing, so he's now uh, a fencer. And uh, yeah, but but our Arch is is still playing hockey. What do they think about your role? Do they understand what your position is, and are they impressed? Or what do they think? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they. I mean, they were they they help campaign. They would uh, do lit drops. For me, they, they helped door knock. They're both pretty shy, so they didn't necessarily like... Uh, they would often run up, ring the doorbell, and, and run <laughs> until I got up to the door. Um, but they, they like campaigning. They, I think they, um, they like coming to, to the legislature and um, getting tours. They still haven't made it to the top floor, though, where the palm trees are, which is driving them crazy. We, we, can't, uh, we still have to convince Speaker Nathan Cooper to show us where that entranceway is. Nathan, if you're listening, <laughs> now we need some dad jokes. Can you give us a couple? Uh, so my kids have a couple favorites. Um, what did the fisherman say to the magician? Don't know. Pick a cod, any cod. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about um, how you ended up in law, but can you just talk a little bit about your career there, what it was that you enjoyed about law, how you felt you know, leaving it behind for now, and just a little bit about your experiences as a lawyer. I sat on the municipal government board for a period of time, and so I think that kind of influenced my practice. Um, I, I just really liked um, 
working with people who are trying to build something, I suppose. And and often there'd be, you know, a complex puzzle and trying to, to get something across the finish line, whether it was a, a developer or somebody else who had a, an issue with the municipality. I, but I liked, I liked the idea of thinking I was helping people build things. You've also done um, quite a bit of work with nonprofit and public service agencies. Can you share a little bit of those experiences? What drew you to them? And um, just how you're seeing that they're impacting what you do now in this role? I, I guess I just felt an obligation um, that you know my, my education had provided me and my career had provided me that I had an obligation to give back to, to the community. And what about, um, you were one of the youngest appointees to the National Parole Board. I think you were 34 when you were appointed there. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how it might have shaped some of your thinking? Yeah, um, I... It was interesting. Then when I was first appointed, I, I may have even been a 33 actually. I, I think because um, the youngest was just born when I was appointed, it, it was um, it, it was eye opening. We would spend our, our week um, going up to Edmonton and reading the files on the Monday, Tuesday, and then we go out to the um, the institutions on the Wednesday, Thursday to hold the hearings there. And um, it was. Um, um, I mean, a huge learning experience just from um, the criminal justice system perspective, but but also um, administrative law generally, and, and how to to participate in a tribunal, how um, um, what uh, what some of these decisions meant to the offenders, and what they meant to their families, what it meant to victims, what it meant to the victims' families and the community as well, and and how how does one um, assess risk. Uh, to the community and to and making a decision on whether somebody w- um, deserved a conditional release. I think there was someone that you met at the board um, that ended up becoming a bit of a mentor for you. Oh, that was actually another uh, tribunal I served on just before that. Um, I right out of law school served on the criminal injuries review board for um, the, for Alberta um, and uh, did that for about six years. So we would we would hear um, applications from victims of crime. Um, and, and assess whether they were eligible for um, financial benefits and to what extent. And um, it was for yeah six years of, of meeting um, uh, hundreds of, of victims throughout the province and, and be able to hear their stories. And uh, but the chair was um, uh, Dr. Peter Allen, and uh, Dr. Allen did become he was the chair of, of the board and he became a mentor of mine. He was a, um, a well-known neurologist uh, throughout uh, the province and. Um, he his his effect on on me and my career. Even though he wasn't a lawyer, he was a a, a doctor. was um, was profound. And how so? What what was it about him or how he conducted himself? What was it that had an impact on you? Yeah, he just he he was um, one of the the kindest people um, I'd ever met. He he was um, somebody who was um, uh, a giant in his career, um, but was the sweetest and kindest man. And for him to um, take the time to to want to to mentor and to be able to, he just had all the time in the world for actually anybody it wasn't just me who was um, a colleague of his as one of his board members but any board member any staff member um, any applicant who came before us he he just always approached every day um, with a huge amount of kindness and um, um, uh, it just I think it just his approach to life I think was 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 profound so let's go back to campaigning. So you talked a little bit earlier on about how your boys um, were on the campaign trail with you. 
Tell us a little bit about, did you enjoy campaigning? Um, did you, were you confident? Did you feel like you were going to win? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think I still felt sick to my stomach as the ballots were being counted. And, um, we were uh, going to, um, to an after election uh, event and uh, we jumped onto a bus with all these other candidates. And I think everybody was, was feeling pretty fantastic. And I still wasn't convinced that I had won. So I was still feeling sick to my stomach. Um, I, I think the, the nomination was, I definitely didn't feel confident throughout that. Um, I ran against some really talented people and um, uh, I'm, I am very thankful and I think lucky that uh, the members uh, in Calgary Acadia chose me as their candidate. And, and I'd, I'd like door knocking, even though I'm, I, I said I was introverted, I, but I really liked the one-on-one conversations with people. So I, I really enjoyed meeting with people at their door, speaking with them, getting their feedback. That was fantastic, um, but uh, no, I'm I'm happy that we don't have a campaign for another three and a half years. <laughs> and you met a lot of uh, dogs on the trail. I did, yeah. The the, the puppies of uh, Calgary Acadia. Um, it was uh, I tried to make it like an Instagram thing. I I got bit in the face though at one point. I um, I was uh, petting a dog and the dog jumped up and, and caught the, um, inside the my nostril. And so there was uh, quite a bit of, of blood and a little bit of scratch on my lip. But uh, um, I, I love dogs. We, we have a dog as well. She's 12. Uh, her name is Tupper. And um, so I, there was, I, yeah, I liked uh, all the dogs in Calgary, Acadia, who, who loved running up uh, and greeting me at the doors. What do we think about cats? I, I like kittens. Um, I, the, cats as well. I think the hard part for me is that, um, I mean, who can't like a kitten, right? I mean, you gotta be a psychopath and not like a kitten, but I, I am allergic to cats. So I, I don't get to interact with them that much. Or if I do I have to quickly wash my hands before I touch my eyes. Let's go back to election night. Hmm. You were on the bus and you said you were feeling a little bit sick to your stomach cause you weren't necessarily super confident yet. Hmm. Once you found out you won, what did that actually feel like? Um, like I really wanted to go home and sleep <laughs> at that point. It had been a year of campaigning. So it was, if you include the nomination. So by that point, when we got, what was it? April 15th or April 16th. It was, I think at that point it was re- relief. The adrenaline kind of like rushes away and uh, you're overwhelmed. And, um, uh, I, you know, I think uh, my family was, was proud. My kids and my parents and stuff like that. Uh, Andrea, my wife. But um, I think at that point, it was just looking forward to a bed and going home and catching up on sleep for a little bit. And then once you were sworn in, and then obviously you ended up being offered the ministerial role, how, tell us a little bit about how that came about and then likewise how that felt. Well, I mean, you, you, you get a phone call from, from Premier-designate and um, you're, um, I, I was told um, by phone that, that I was being invited to serve Her Majesty in, in the role of... Uh, health minister, and um, I, um, I, I like I, I'm very proud to to be in this role. But honestly, it it wasn't wasn't why I I ran. Um, I'm I'm very happy to serve um, uh, the constituency of Calgary Acadia and to serve those those constituents. Very happy to serve um, Premier as well in in this role. Um, I I. I don't even know what to say about it other than that. I mean, I just, I, I'm very flattered that I get to, uh, to serve Albertans in this way. Coming into this role, how much did you know about Alberta's healthcare system? Well, I suppose it, w- it was first person knowledge. I didn't practice health law, but, um, 
um, you know, from from seeing firsthand as a as a patient myself in the system, um, as being the, the dad of kids who are patients in the system, and, and seeing my dad's experience as um, a healthcare professional. Um, but uh, I, that that was it. I, but I think it allows me the opportunity as well coming into this role. That being my experience, um, I think giving me the advantage of of um, well um, being able to to learn so much. Um, but I, I don't see my role as 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 being the the guy who is going to be running healthcare. I think it's um, um, I think we have such uh, talented people who are in the ministry, including deputy minister um, and in AHS. So, how have you found the experience so far of being minister of health, and what kind of learnings and just observations do you have to date? Uh, well, a huge amount of learnings. Um, I think it, I'm still learning, and I, I probably will be till till the day I'm I'm out of this chair. Um, continuing care, I think, is is a bit of a, a passion of mine. I don't, I don't have parents that are in continuing care um, at this time. But having seen both, um, well, two of my grandparents go through continuing care, um, and, and realizing how much there is to to improve with uh, that that continuum from home care to to long term care, I think there's a lot that we can do as a province. And um, so I'm I'm really excited to keep on learning about these things, and I get to work with um, some really talented people in the ministry who, um, who, uh, who have amazing ideas on what we can do to improve the system. And maybe tell us a little bit about um, your vision for healthcare in Alberta. What, what does that look like to you? Yeah, I think our, our vision for the ministry is still um, in development. And I think sometimes I, because somebody asked me that question, I got anxious. What is our, our vision for, for the ministry? And, and I realized that it's, it's going to be organic. And what about one of the things that you've done since taking office is there are a number of reviews going on. So you spoke a little bit about continuing care. There's an AHS review that's underway. Mm-hmm. There's a Connect Care review that's, or not a Connect Care, but a... a the information systems. Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about um, what are you thinking around those and what do you think you're going to glean from that and what what's the strategy maybe behind that? Um, well, AHS and, and that review, I think it was just because AHS is 10 years old and it hadn't had a review um, yet and I, I think um, when the the health regions were amalgamated under AHS, um, it was a bit like trying to to build an airplane while you're in the air. Um, so six months of of these uh, these folks at, at EY to be able to help us interview a, um, a ton of stakeholders in the system, and then be able to to help provide us a, a bit of a framework on. On how we can continue to uh, to innovate in, within AHS, I think um, the leadership right now at AHS is is I think really strong leadership. I think they're really innovative. I think what we need to do is give them also a framework and give them a bit of a platform on how we can help in in um, not engage them, but how how we can enable them to to continue this work that they're doing. I think what we can can hope for with the end of, of this review is is just to provide the the tools to to HS um, and and the framework for not well actually not even just the leadership of HS but the front line that um, I think the front line is is hungry to be engaged for them to to be included in in giving this feedback on how they think that their workplace um, can can improve and um, I don't think there's anyone better to listen to than the front line so. Really excited to see what what ends up being um, recommended. And when you're out there talking, um, you know whether it's to constituents back in Calgary 
or whether it's stakeholders here. What what's your sense of what Albertans think about the healthcare system here in Alberta? I think if you've been in the system, you think very highly of it, especially if it's if this is about acute care. Um, I, I think um, people um, are really happy with if you need emergency medical care and you you go to a hospital. I think people are very thankful for for the level of care that they get in this province. I think people are really anxious right now about um, wait times for scheduled surgeries, wait times for diagnostics, wait wait times. Um, that that I think is where the anxiety is. Let's shift over and talk about um, wellness now. Um, so, what do you do to personally stay well? <laughs> Does parenting count? I'm just trying to keep up with my kids, I suppose. Uh, I actually didn't do much in the last ten years. I mean, since the kids were born, other than you know, the, the only ice time I really got, um, I didn't really play hockey much in the last ten years. Uh, I, most of my ice time was just from coaching hockey. Um, my, my wife and I did start recently running though. I, um, you know, I spent a year knocking on doors and so I lost quite a bit of weight. And then when you, you realize that, um, when you're, you're going to be sitting in a, in a desk for a big part of your day and you're not knocking, you know, on doors and walking 16 kilometers a day anymore, I think, um, it was, uh, and I, I was a little bit nervous about how much weight I could potentially gain in this role. So my wife and I have been trying to run. Uh, since uh, I was elected, um, still coaching hockey on the weekend, so that tries. Uh, I try to to keep that keeping me young and keeping me uh, healthy, and then skiing is a big passion of mine. What about um, mental health? So it's something that you know increasingly Albertans are talking about. Um, what do you do to to stay just mentally healthy? Uh, a big family is a big part of it for me. I think just making sure that um, I have uh, folks that I can um, turn to, uh, whether it's family, friends, um, be able to uh, to talk to about, uh, especially I think some of the challenges that I encounter with this job. And what about um, how much do you think that um, your colleagues at the ledge integrate healthy lifestyles, and are are you planning any kind of uh, lead by example with your colleagues at the ledge here? I'm actually really impressed at how healthy this caucus is. Um, they're, um, they're always, um, so many of them are down at the gym um, throughout the day or telling me about how they are down at the gym. Um, there's a, a running uh, club um, that get up far too early for me to be able to join them. Uh, so, and, and I, um, now that it's, it's, it's late fall, I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a wimp to run outside. I, I prefer a treadmill to the outside, but you know, there, I, I think it's kind of, um, uh, amazing to see how, how healthy these folks in, in this caucus are. And they inspire me to keep on trying to be, uh, well as well. So classic Alberta question here. Um, you are living in both cities. Uh, you were born here, but you grew up in Calgary, but now you're back oh. and forth. So who do you support, the Flames or the Oilers, and Eskimos or Stampeders? So, uh, so you're going to get me in trouble with my constituents. Um, well, I say this. I was born in Edmonton, and uh, it's very difficult for uh, someone to not cheer for their dad's team. Maybe I'll just leave it there. But I, I, I know very well that, I, I mean, I've lived in Calgary for, what, 41 years, at least over 40 years. And um, I, I, I love going to Flames games. I think they're a fantastic team. Um, and 
uh, I don't want to get in trouble with my constituents. There's, I'm going to knock on a door at some point and people are going to get mad at me for also liking the Oilers and also liking the Eskimos. Good. Okay, thank you very much, Minister. Really appreciate your time and hopefully we can do this again. Thank you very much. You've been enjoying an Alberta Health Services podcast. Thank you for listening.